Welcome into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Friday, November 18th, 2022. I'm your host, Paul Fritchner, and this show is produced by Chatterbox Sports. Today on the show, I have Jeff Rabjohns, the publisher of Peegs, which is one of the largest Indiana recruiting websites and forums on the internet. Jeff and I talked on Thursday afternoon to preview Friday night's sold-out game at the Cintas Center between Xavier and 12th-ranked Indiana. The Musketeers are one-and-a-half-point underdogs as I record this. On Twitter, Zach Osterman pointed out that Xavier is currently ranked number 38 in Ken Palm. And the last time Indiana won a true non-conference road game against a team that finished top 40 in Ken Palm at the end of the season was November 18th, 2002 against Charlotte, which would be 20 years ago to the day. A lot of Friday's game will depend on the health of Xavier star Colby Jones, who missed Tuesday's game against Fairfield after getting hurt in practice on Monday. Here's what Xavier head coach Sean Miller had to say about that on Thursday at the pregame press conference. Yeah, you know, we're hopeful and optimistic that he can play. Um, you know, we're the day before the game right now, Adam. But his injury is serious enough and there's still enough unknown that, you know, even today he's not going to practice. Uh, his ankle is getting better. Uh, I would take it out of a category of a bad sprain. You know, he just he's made a tremendous amount of progress. Uh, him and our training staff have, have worked diligently you know throughout the day and in the evenings Colby wants to play and uh, as long as he's not at risk I think we're leaning in in that direction you know I, I hate to point it towards this but it's one of those injuries where we'll know a lot more at shoot around tomorrow where we're a few hours before tip off and now we really have to make the call but I think he wants to play he's made a lot of progress we're going to stay extra safe again today and uh, we'll, we'll hopefully uh, know for sure tomorrow, but I think we're, uh, we're optimistic that he can play. And then, you know, the, the next part in fairness to guys getting injured is, you know, you have to be able to play well. You have to feel comfortable and confident. You know, Colby is a veteran player, very smart guy. Uh, got a lot of toughness to him as well. So I think those qualities are, are what we'll really call on uh, if he's able to play in the game because he's, as you know, missed in essence a week here. Some Thursday results before I get to the interview with Jeff. The rough start continues for the Miami Red Hawks. In a game where Miami was a five-and-a-half-point underdog at home, the Red Hawks lost 95-69 against Marshall and fell to 1-3 on the season. Wright State beat D3 Defiance College 99-56. Amari Davis led the Raiders with 17 points as seven different Wright State players scored in double figures. And in Lexington, Kentucky beat South Carolina State by 43, 106-63. I talked about how important C.J. Frederick would be on this year's Wildcats team, and he made three threes and route to scoring 17 points to lead all scorers. Now it's time to hear from Jeff Rabjohns about tonight's Xavier Indiana tilt at Cintas. Joined now by Jeff Rabjohns, the moderator and publisher of Peegs. Jeff, thanks so much for taking the time this afternoon to join me to preview Xavier and Indiana. A huge Gavit game here at 6 o'clock at the Cintas Center in Cincinnati. Jeff, let's get your overall impressions of this game, what you're looking forward to in this one from the Indiana side, and kind of where the Hoosiers stand so far. 
Well, it's the first real test of the season for Indiana. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, they, they got a couple tune-up games that, that they won by margins where, where you'd expect them to win by. Um, they had two exhibition games, didn't do a close scrimmage. They won both of those against NAIA teams by margins you'd expect them to win by. So here they are. They're going on a road uh, against a really good program, a program that's got a bunch of NCAA tournament appearances, a bunch of NCAA tournament wins over the last 10, 12, 15 years. Um, so this is their first, you know, test of the season, really. Um, you know, they, they got, you know, uh, a lot of talent. Indiana does. They probably have more talent than they've had since at least the 2016 team that won the Big Ten Championship. And you can make a case, maybe, maybe it's the most talent that they've had um, since the 2013 team that spent most of the season ranked number one. Um, but this is their first big test, and it's on the road. Uh, you got a couple of really talented freshmen in Jalen Hood, Jafino, and Malik Renault who haven't played on the road yet. So this is this is going to be their first time, you know, in, in a really good environment. And obviously over there at Xavier, you know, the fans are really into it. They're on top of you. I think it's a terrific environment. So I think it's going to be a challenge for, for, for this Indiana team. I really do. Indiana last year on the road went 3-8 and eight in true road games and didn't beat a team on the road uh, ranked higher than 83rd in Ken Palm. So how do you feel like the Hoosiers are going to have to overcome some of those things on the road this year with a more experienced group? Yeah, I think, uh, number one, the veteran players have to play like veteran players. Uh, you look at Trace Jackson Davis, their preseason All-American first. You look at other guys like like six-year power forward, Race Thompson, uh, senior point guard Xavier Johnson. Um, you, you look at guys like, like Trey Galloway, who have played a lot of games for, for Indiana. I think the veterans have to play like veterans. Miller Cop as well, only second year at Indiana, but obviously he transferred from Northwestern, so he's played a lot of road games. Uh, in Big Ten venues. So I think the first thing is those guys have to play well. Um, and then I think you need to get bench production from guys like Malik Renault, the five-star power forward, maybe from a Tamar Bates, maybe from a Jordan Geronimo. And then I think you need uh, five-star guard Jalen hood Shafino to play like a, a five-star freshman, um, meaning he has to be smart, be calm, be in charge of himself and the ball when he has it, make the right plays, not get sped up. I think he's certainly capable of that. You know, he, he was a key player on back-to-back -back national championship games for Montverde Academy, which I think most everybody knows, the prep school powerhouse. Um, so he's played in a lot of big games. He's played against a lot of good players, but he is a freshman. This is his first time on the road, so you got to go do it. But I think those are the, the big things for Indiana it's just as far as, you know, overall what needs to happen. Um, and then I think game-wise, you know, there's a lot of little things that we could dive into. But then, you know, I'll let you figure out what, what, which way you want to go there. But there are a little, a lot of little things game-wise that I think Indiana does have to do well to win there. Well, let's let's start with the front court. You look at Jack Nunji and Zach Fremantle for Xavier. <laughs> Fremantle goes for a triple double the other night, first triple double for a Musketeer in about six years. Um, and then you look at the Indiana side, and you have Trace Jackson Davis, you have Race Thompson, you have Malik Renew down there in the front court. That's going to be a battle, Jeff. No, it is. And I think from the Indiana perspective, the, the question is, okay, how does either Trace or Race handle Nunji's ability to go out and play on the perimeter? Obviously, Nunji you know, has the size to play inside, but he can step outside and make threes. So... Who does Indiana choose to put on which guy? You know, who takes Fremantle, who takes Nunji? And the other thing is, 
are they going to allow, like, let's say Trace is on Nunji. Does Trace chase Nunji all the way to the arc, or do you kind of have a handoff situation? Um, it'll be interesting to see how IU handles that part of it. Um, but I think, on the other hand, then Xavier has to figure out, okay, how do you keep Trace from going off? Because we've all seen it. You know, he's capable of 25 and 10, 25 and 12, 28 and 11. Um, and, and Indiana wants to feed the big fella first. Um, they're a little bit old school in that way. Some some teams, they want the big guy to be a threat, but they're going to hunt threes first. Indiana wants to feed the big guy first. So it'll be interesting to see how Xavier handles Trace with his quickness because he does have a clear quickness advantage against Nunji if you put Nunji on Trace. Size-wise, probably a little bit similar, but Trace is really quick, and he's a pogo stick off the floor, <laughs> and sometimes he has a tendency to be able to find ways to get other guys in foul trouble. But I think it's going to be interesting matchups on both ends of the floor. Both teams have defensive decisions to make how to defend the other guy's primary post player. Jeff, one of the biggest question marks was with this Indiana team coming into the season was their ability to shoot the ball from the perimeter <laughs> Uh, what are you looking for tomorrow night out of that production? You've talked a little <coughs> bit about it already, but if you could talk more about how Indiana can open this game up with their three-point shooting. Well, that's, that is three-point shooting is the number one question for Indiana. Coming into the season, it's still the number one question because they've only played two games. Nobody's answered questions after two games. Um, last year, Indiana ranked 324th in the country in percentage of points scored from the arc. Not three-point percentage, not per percentage of makes, but percentage of points per game from the arc. They ranked 324th. So their problem really wasn't just the three-point percentage itself. It was the inability to even generate enough three-point attempts at times to generate really what you need to generate points-wise per game from the arc. Um, so that's where, that to me, that's the bigger question. Can they get enough attempts per game yeah, the percentage has to be, you know, a little bit better. But even if the percentage is a little bit better and you're only taking 10, 12, 14 threes per game, you're not going to get that much more production per game from the arc. I really think Indiana's got to get upwards of 20, 22 attempts from the arc per game. I don't think 24 attempts per game is a scary number. Doubt they get that high. But 20 to 22, you got to get somewhere around there. Um, their most recent game, they did have 10 made threes in the game, <clears throat> but to be more accurate, they had 10 made threes the first 24 minutes of the game. Last 16 minutes, lots of subs, lots of rim running, all that kind of stuff that happens in a very lopsided game. So Indian has shown they can make threes. Miller Cop probably is the leader there. Jalen Hutchifino, uh, he had a game of three threes in one of their exhibition games. So they do have multiple guys. You know, Trey Galloway had multiple th threes the other night. I think they have more guys who can make threes. And I think Miller Cop and Trey Galloway, maybe Xavier Johnson are three guys you look at who might be able to get them multiple threes per game. But I think that still is a question that, you know, we're getting pieces of the puzzle. But I don't think anybody's answered questions after two games. But I do think that is a key thing to watch for uh, tonight in this game. How many threes does IU make? And I think also it's going to be interesting. How many do they take? You know, do they take enough to give themselves a chance to really make the, the, the three-point arc a weapon for them?
Sure. Okay. And last question before I let you go, Trace Jackson Davis, he's was dealing with a thumb injury. He's sounds like he's going to be a hundred percent to play in this game. Colby Jones, Xavier's best player. He was hurt earlier this week, did not play in the team's game against Fairfield the other night. Uh, sounds like there's some question marks of whether Colby will be available by the time this show comes out. We may know uh, a better answer to that question, but all of that being said, let's assume that Colby Jones plays and, and both teams are at full strength. From the Indiana side, and I'll leave this to you with everything you've just told me, Indiana wins this game if they do what? Indiana wins this game if they make at least eight threes, if Trace gets at least 18 points, if they keep Nunji from going crazy from three. I think those are the top three things for Indiana that they have to do. Jeff Rabjohns from Peags. Jeff, I really appreciate it. And I'll see you at Cintas tomorrow night. Looking forward to it. Absolutely, man. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks again to Jeff for taking the time with me for that interview. Let's take a look at the weekend. It's a fairly quiet one around college basketball because most teams are gearing up for a huge feast week next week. The highlight is Sunday's Kentucky-Gonzaga game being played out in Spokane at 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. Dayton has a home game against Robert Morris on Saturday at 1. Robert Morris is ranked 301st on Ken Palm. Quick side note there, I know not everyone is a Ken Palm believer. I love it myself personally. I think it's a great resource. But whether you like it or not, I'll still continue to include the Ken Palm rankings on a lot of these previews just to kind of give you some context to the quality of opponents in these games. The Miami Redhawks travel to Indianapolis on Sunday afternoon for a neutral site battle at Gainbridge Fieldhouse against the Hoosiers of Indiana. That's at 5.30 p.m. Cincinnati doesn't play again until Maui on Monday. NKU doesn't play until Monday either when they get going in the Florida Gulf Coast Showcase. And Wright State doesn't play until Monday in the Vegas Four. That'll do it for this Friday. I'll be at Cintas tonight for Xavier, Indiana. So if you're going to that, I'll see you there. Thanks again. I can't say it enough for all the support in the first week of this show. It's been incredible. I am really looking forward to Feast Week next week. Have a great Friday. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. And I'll talk to you again Monday morning.